This episode of the Austin Spotlight is an interview I did with Jocelyn Harris, founder and chef of The Healthy Swap. Jocelyn is an avid food warrior, invisible disability fighter, and a brain aneurysm and stroke survivor. After a wonderful career at Disney, she left to focus on her own baking project and open a bakery called Sugar Plum Pastries in Austin, Texas. Then came her 100 plus weight loss journey, and she started to develop more recipes that showcase healthier ingredients for people. I hope you enjoyed the episode and would love it if you subscribe to the podcast. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by Jocelyn Harris. How's it going, Jocelyn? Hey, how are you? I am doing well. Enjoying, loving this this unseasonably warm weather as well, too. I'm like, oh, I've got to get outside and actually take advantage of it because it's going to be like, you know, 40s and 50s again later this week. I was like, wait, we were like, I woke up. It was 77 degrees. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on with the weather? No, I'm not. I am not disappointed about that uh, part of it all. So. Uh, but Jocelyn is the founder and chef at the Healthy Swap, which is a company you started yourself uh, yes. a few years back. And so yeah. I guess to kind of start off, I'd like maybe just to get a little kind of origin background story about, about you. I know most people have uh, a story about how they came to Austin, since most of us are not native Austinites. Uh, yes. It feels like here in Austin. So yeah, just kind of give us a couple minute uh, background story for you. So I am not an original Austinite. I came um, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, and that was about 15, 16 years ago I came. Um, I came here because the job at the time that I had moved me down here, and I was working there. Um, Moved forward a few years. I went back into um, pastry school, and um, at the end of my pastry school, when I was going to graduate, they had something called an intern program, and so... Um, I couldn't take a leave of absence from that job. So I ended up having to quit. And then I moved to Florida to work for Disney. And so um, I did that for a little bit, came back home and started my company that most people know me for, um, Sugar Plum Pastries. It was an online bakery. Um, I did quite a few events, um, festivals and things like that. Um, I did that, I think 2020, the beginning of course, the pandemic is when that company shut down with just like anything else. And then, so um, moving forward to 2020, um, towards the end of 2020, um, I ended up having a ruptured brain aneurysm and stroke. Um, and we are here today, um, still recovering, but that's pretty much the short and least of it all. I end up starting in between there before I had the aneurysm and stroke. I had the idea of the healthy swap because my life completely changed. I had lost a hundred plus pounds. Um, the healthy swap was born. It got placed on hold. Um, and then um, I got sick. And so this is kind of where we're at today. Sure. What yeah. what prompted you to want to go into being a pastry chef or, or that kind of line mm-hmm. of work? Uh, anyway, not, not a lot of Disney people that work at Disney are, you know, I think making the jump to, to being a chef. Uh, right. Um, I think for me, it was just years of being at home in Oklahoma and family. And for me, it was uh, the assignments. I don't know if most people know, and I hate to say this, in Black households almost, um, we are assigned, right? We are assigned. And so my assignment was always pastries or desserts. And so that was years of coming up. And I was like, you know, I... My grandmother, she was like, 
you know, this is really good. Every year you're going to sign it. And then so as I moved up, I came down to Austin, which they had a culinary school. Um, Le Cordon Bleu was here at the time and they had a pastry program. And little did I not know is I would fight. I would get in and then I would like recluse and I wouldn't go because I was so scared. But anyway, I ended up going and that's kind of where the pastry part came in instead of the culinary part. And was it something like what prompted you to go from baking for your family to yeah. deciding, hey, I want to again make this a career or start my own business with it? Yeah, um, that's kind of strange. I know for most because I had a right, I had a great career where I was at. Like I shouldn't have left. Um, there are days I really think I'm like, oh my God, why did I just make that jump to go to culinary school? Um, it didn't really, I think the major jump for me was, oh. I was making people happy. I had like kind of explored in culinary uh, pastry school prior to see if it was any um, margin for it or to see the bakeries or things like that. And people really responded well. And so I made the huge jump. Um, I was very scared. Um, when I came out of pastry school, I went to work for another company after Disney. And I was like, you know, I can do this. Um, and so that kind of is where that jump happened. Yeah, I think for a lot of people who do make the jump, like if you go to, if you, when you're working at Disney, starting your own business, I think for a lot of people feels very challenging because your model is a Disney type of company. Like this is intimidating, but like say by going to a smaller company, it allowed you to see, oh, this isn't rocket science. Like there, there's definitely things that you have to do. And, and there are differences from working for a fortune 100 company like Disney, but that doesn't mean that you can't be capable to do them uh, yourself. You know, when I, you are very correct. When I did work at Disney, it did inspire me when I did launch my business to do huge amounts because at Disney, that's all we did is wholesale huge bulk amounts. And so I just knew when I did start my company, that's, I wanted to do big bulk amounts of pastries to serve big, large quantity of people. So that's kind of that other jump that led me to do pastries. Disney inspired that you know, their models and things like that. Yeah. And then that's I'm assuming, part of how the events and those kind of things kind of kicked in, yes. uh, which, which, as you mentioned, was probably the hardest hit uh, yes. industry in, yes. uh, in the world, definitely in the United States, uh, mm -hmm. events and hospitality once COVID hit because no one was getting together and obviously no one was leaving their home and all those kind of things. So it obviously required you to take a direct pivot at that yeah. point in time was at, at so at that point in time you mentioned also having this hundred pound weight loss journey yes. was that the covid covid hits is are you already on that journey or was that something that inspired? yeah so exactly so you did the exact opposite of what everyone else did at covid you went ahead and said i'm gonna lose a bunch of weight right. all, no that's awesome i mean it's amazing right but yeah. everyone else during covid is like oh i get to sit at home i can't go to the gym uh and i'm just gonna eat food and yeah. so, you know, I mean, again, hopefully not too many people put on a hundred pounds, but uh, I know for a lot of people, it was, you know, at least five, if not 10, 15. And so that's awesome that that yeah. that specific time inspired you to, to lose so much weight. Oh, yeah. Um, my journey had already started. I had to do a lot of like soul searching even before I even got to losing the weight. Like I had to do a lot of um, I guess what most people would say, I was a mental health, like I had depression and I couldn't understand why I was in this hole. And, and so I had to do the soul searching. I went to therapy and this was prior to COVID. 
Um, and then I started doing, cause like most people, I don't want to say all, but some people that are larger, I was knocking 300 pounds at that point. I just could, people were like, just go to the gym. And I was like, absolutely not. Um, I was terrified of the gym. And so I just remember one day as I was on along this journey, trying to get myself in a mindset to do that. Um, I had a friend, she was like, okay, come on and work out. We'll just do it at home together. And she would have this Zoom class. Um, and then that's when like the working out picked up and I started to get into a better mindset and mind frame. And then you could kind of, I don't know if most, some people follow me on my social media journey. You can kind of see um, from when I started this journey until um, I got sick, I kind of did stories on my journey and it was very hard. But the one thing I will say, food is the one thing that changed my life. And so time, time COVID hit, then um, is when it was already in full circle. I think COVID just um, made me dig a little bit deeper, um, had me, I had a thought of the healthy swap before COVID and really the healthy swap started just to talk about mindset, weight and food. It started out with me being on live, doing meals, things like that. And that's how um, the company kind of came to be through my weight loss journey. And then, like I said, when COVID hit, it was like, pause, <laughs> you know, we had to really pause, but that hundred pound journey um, has started prior to COVID. And I just chose to keep it going during COVID. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. And again, it's, I mean, as someone who grew up playing sports um, and from a genetic standpoint, I'm more, usually struggling more to like put on muscle and, you know, right. Like everyone, everyone, there's very few people, even people that, you know, are models and stuff. Everyone has something they don't like about themselves. Right. And so like, there's always that mental aspect of getting over something to get to where your goals are, whether it's a fitness type of goal, a business goal, a personal goal, like there's the biggest thing, the biggest challenge standing yes. in most people's ways is their own mind. Yeah. And, and, and that, and so, uh, again, that's awesome. And it's rarely that it's just a flip of a switch, right? Like you say it's a yes. journey to actually kind of sometimes yes. unlearn things that we had learned previously that just were not accurate or to get over the mental hurdles. Again, it's rare that, you know, a kid doesn't walk the first time they stand up. Like you gotta have to get to the, you have to start to build those muscles and habits. And, uh, again, it's rare that you just decide one day and suddenly are eating healthy and going to the gym on a daily basis. And so, uh, showing those struggles though, I'm sure is helpful for other people going through the same thing for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I was just in a really, like I said, um, depression, anxiety, I was just in a bad season. And the only way I knew how was to fight to get myself out. And I just knew whatever I was doing wasn't working for me. And so hence the journey, I would just reach out to different people. And I can remember the moment that I reached out to a stranger on the internet. And I so wish, um, Rachel Truth Bombs is her Instagram. I reached out to her because she was on Facebook or something. And I was like, hey, I need some help. Help me, guide me, help me. And she's she's still on the same journey with me. And we're friends until this day. It's just been a great path to me, getting me to where I'm at now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, you know, we're in COVID. You're at the start of this journey. Uh, for the weight loss, right? But obviously, the business is kind of your business is 
gone to zero yes. because of all the craziness that's been that's yes. happening what like was there a thought of going trying to go back into the corporate world or do something different rather than start the healthy swap or were you at that point in time you had been away from corporate life long enough that you're kind of like i don't know if i want to go back uh what was your thinking there so as quiet as it's kept um i I never kind of left corporate. I went into a different space and that's teaching. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the one thing that I never walked away from, whether it was culinary or anything. Um, I ended up being a substitute teacher um, and that kept me in the door because that is the one thing I strive for in life is to make sure people can learn how to cook or I want to teach them about that. And so what better way than to substitute teach to offset, of course, um, the COVID or anything like that. And then of course the school shut down and that's a, that kind of happened. But um, during my um, sugar plump days and things, when they started to kind of slow down, that is exactly where I went to and that's teaching. And I absolutely love it. So corporate world, I guess teaching world, I guess, is kind of where I went. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing I do love. And that's to teach anybody, any age um, that they can cook and boil water is the big thing that I run up against people. They're like, how do you boil water or cook an egg? Yeah. Um, just the ease of it to teach people to know they can do it, even though they've never done it before. No, I mean, like, right. It's like a lot of things in life, whether it's losing weight or anything like yeah. if you don't, if you weren't taught how to cook or yes. uh, everything can seem very intimidating when you haven't done it. And so and most of us would rather continue doing the things that are relatively easy or that we're good at rather than sometimes challenging ourselves. So, again, if it's, you know, learning how to cook and, and making, you know, and making mistakes and figuring it out and having something not taste as good as it as you think it should taste, but yeah. no, even as even the best cooks in the world, again, everyone started at zero at some point. And so it's just that yeah. they've been uh, practicing and honing their craft for a lot longer. And for most people, you don't have to get to that level. You just have to get to the level, like you say, where you can uh, make yourself some healthy food and okay. not have to eat out uh, all the time. So that way you can... <laughs> In this in this time, maybe save some money if, if you know as things get yeah. challenging economically. Or uh, I know as someone who likes to eat healthy myself. One of the biggest reasons that I cook is just because it is so much healthier than even kind of the healthy yeah. um, restaurant options. Because yeah. in there, they you know there's just so many additional things they add for taste purposes and yep. and presentation purposes, and it's like that's great, but I don't really need five, 500 calorie salad dressing on my salad. I don't yeah. need all the extra butter um, in my chicken, on the chicken breast to make it taste good. Like, yes, it does help it taste good, but that's just a bunch of fat and stuff that's not, not really needed. So learning to cook is, has a, a lot of uh, health benefits as well as uh, personal survival benefits as well. Oh yeah, most definitely. I think also to, to kind of go back during my weight loss journey, um, I challenged myself not to eat out for 30 days and to kind of see what I can do, see how I can make things taste, you know, and I will say a lot of people like you were saying, going out to restaurants, they don't realize the added stuff that goes in to make it taste the best. And when you come home and you start cooking and you're realizing, oh, I can make it taste good just with different 
different ingredients, whether it be people like to add in a lot of dairy, a lot of oils that are not good for you. Um, you know, it's it kind it kind of does that for you as well too. If you can challenge yourself to, I don't suggest people do that. I was just that was a little much for me, um, but I took that challenge and it was actually amazing for me to see what I could come up with during cooking and taking things away and just kind of seeing how that worked for me and ended up being probably the best 30 days of my life, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you have to figure stuff out and you start to understand, like, you can, the more you can understand how, yeah. the, how food affects our body, the, I think the more, um, just like anything, the more knowledge you have, the better you're going to be at you know, even if it's going out to eat, understanding, oh, hey, maybe I should ask for it, not cook this way or with something on the side so that way I can um, yeah. still enjoy going out and having a good meal, but I can also stay within my goals if I'm struggling with weight loss yeah. or other things. Yeah. And I, th that's the other thing. If people are struggling or to gain or to lose is if you go out to eat and you get the um, creme brulee, you know, you shouldn't feel guilty about having it. It's not going to derail you if you have the dessert, right? Like I really want people to understand there have been plenty of days I've had the chocolate cake, but yet, you know, it, it, it ended up just okay. And I want people to know you don't have to punish yourself. You know, food should be looked at as fuel, you oh. know, not punishment or reward. Um, and that was the one thing I personally had to um, face. Right. Like I grew up with reward reward system. Oh, OK. If you do this, we're going to get you a piece of cake or you can have sure. this. And I had to retrain my thought process. That's not how um, it works. Mm -hmm. So that for me, that is how that struggle went for me. That in an addiction to sugar and carbs. It's, yeah. it's hard like if when you get when you have it all the time it's hard to not have it right whether yeah. i mean whether it be co coffee which again coffee without all the extra stuff in it actually is relatively healthy but people get you know addicted to anything and and obviously there's some addictions that are much worse than others but that doesn't mean that um there are very few addictions that are truly healthy for you if you don't have the ability to kind of make make adjustments oh yeah oh yeah most definitely. That's the other thing that you talk about with the having the treats, right? So we just had Thanksgiving weekend. Like you have, like you can't be, hopefully, unless you literally have like a fitness competition or something very specific, like hopefully everyone was able to like go back for seconds and enjoy leftovers and not worry and have a second, have a first or second piece of pie like that, that, you know, one weekend of, of enjoying the food and the company and all the stuff that you uh, hopefully got to be a part of is well worth not hitting a daily calorie tracker or something. Correct. It is not going to derail you. No. <laughs> That's, that no. is the thing I have to, it's a mind shift or a mindset thing too, right? Like we, sometimes people have in their mind, oh my God, if I eat Thanksgiving, it's going to push me back. No. You know, I, I, I don't fall into that belief system anymore. Well, yeah, uh, sure. Right. No, no. And, and also like, put, again, push you back from, from what? So, right. So like, if you're even if you're 40 50 years old it's going to push you back from the next 50 years of your life like like and like you know i mean obviously it's good to have goals and and you know put, you know if having losing 100 pounds if there was a goal set of when you wanted to do it i don't know if there was but like it's not you know again if you suddenly hit it and then completely reverted your life back to the old way 
Like that's not going to be sustainable, which is why so many people fail on, on weight loss journeys and yo-yo back between losing weight and gaining weight is because it really is about creating habits uh, and a lifestyle that you can actually happily sustain to, to be able to keep doing it for years and decades to come. Yeah, I um, when I started my journey, I didn't uh, there was no weight loss and Bob goal. Mm-hmm. My goal was just to move. <laughs> that, that was strictly it. I just remember I want to do a push up, you know, I want to do a jumping jack, you know, without, fall. you know, that was literally my, I want to get up out of bed and feel good about Jocelyn. Like that was the goal when I started my journey. And then it turned slowly as I started going through, it turned into, oh my gosh, I'm dropping weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the, then that started to set um, goals with weight loss. So, yeah. So uh, you mentioned that you also uh, relatively recently had a brain aneurysm and stroke. Uh, obviously that is going to impact anybody quite significantly. Um, how has, how have you been kind of dealing with that and, and recovering and how did that impact where things were, were at when, when, about how long ago did that happen? Sure. So, um, my, my ruptured brain aneurysm and stroke happened at the height of COVID, which was November, 2020 Thanksgiving. So I literally just had my two year anniversary, not even a week ago. Um, and so I didn't get to enjoy, I got to enjoy a little bit, but I didn't realize where I was at in that space, but it was rough. Um, I, there's no other word. I want to use another word. It was beyond rough. It's not (laughs) something that I would wish on my worst enemy. I literally lived in this cloud or fog for almost a year. And the best way that that's the best way I know how to describe it. Um, you go into the hospital, you have no idea. I went into the hospital, I couldn't speak. It was like playing this crazy game of charades to get people to understand because I woke up and I had no idea. And the biggest question that I get to get to this day is, did you have a headache? And the answer is I did not. Hmm. Um, I just felt like I had, I had a sinus infection. And so that was pretty much the diagnosis that I had. And then I went to sleep thinking I was resting and then I woke up and I couldn't speak. I couldn't dial a phone. I couldn't understand. And when I tried to dial a phone, it was people could hear me, but I couldn't speak back. So me getting to the hospital was a game of, you know, the charades of writing something's a matter. You know, that's how my life got saved is that I had enough sense to kind of understand to get myself to the hospital. But going to the hospital, things are a little bit of a blur. I just remember going to the hospital and there are like 15 people surrounding me talking about she had a stroke. And I was like, you're crazy. I didn't have a stroke. You're nuts. I don't, you, you no. Um, and so, um, I ended up, I just remember being, they put me into an ambulance to get to the neuro ICU. And the next thing I knew, I was in the ambulance, I went there and then I could hear people around me asking, had I eaten? And I'm like, why are y'all asking me this stupid? You know, (laughs) you know, y'all asking me about if I eaten because I was in this fog and I could not respond. It's like being in a bad dream and you can't 
you you can't wake up from it. Like you want to respond to people, but you really can't. And so the next thing I knew, um, I would I had brain surgery. I didn't realize at that point that I had a brain aneurysm. And what in the world was a brain aneurysm? I didn't even know I even had it, right? <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, it's one of those things that you usually don't know until <laughs> um, until it strikes, which is uh, a scary thought. It is so scary. And so um, I, for me, it caused, they, my, when I came out, I learned as of today, I guess from the doctors that when I, the brain aneurysm ruptured, that had already started to leak, leak, the aneurysm had already started to leak seven days prior. And that's a whole scary thought considering I had probably had like many strokes prior and didn't even realize it. Like I was literally working out every day, mm-hmm. not realizing. And so, um, yeah, so I and, had and again, like there's again, it's just it's obviously. Yeah, there's so many different components yeah. of things that could have happened, like right, like because it was COVID, not if you if you were working, if you're working from home anyway, normally. But right, like with yeah. COVID, my guess is you were almost exclusively at home, like all of us kind of were. And so fortunate, fortunately, you didn't have one of those strokes while you were driving, right? Or you didn't, you know, because like that would have been a whole nother. Like there's just so many, so many ways, obviously, that it could have gone both probably better. Yes. As well, too. But also you think like, again, there's a lot of people who don't survive it, period. It's it's, uh, I'm in the beautiful 20% that survived. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm also in that even smaller percent that didn't have any um, physical um, deficit. I have some weakness um, mm-hmm. and most of mine is like cognitive brain processing issues that I have now. But um, in order for me to even get to where I am today, I had to relearn how to um, talk, walk, right. Um, re- I had to relearn how to work out again. That, and I'm still learning to this day how to do some like complicated exercises because it just won't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, spent nine days, nine to 10 days in the neural ICU, um, St. David's. They were fantastic. Um, the one thing I will say that was a downfall for me was during COVID, no visitors. Yeah. And that um, really sucked. And also, I would imagine, right? Like you're, you're already going through something that you have a hard time comprehending. You, um, you know, at at a point in time where between being scared and being all alone, not having people that you can connect with, like it's, uh, it, I mean, again, it, like in your case, it wasn't obviously COVID related, but it was one of the things about COVID that I think got handled as poorly as anything. It was like social inter, like we are social beings meant to be with people. And thank God COVID happened in 2020 where we could like for a lot of people, you could at least FaceTime people and do some more social stuff than if it had happened, you know, 20 years ago when none of that, a lot of those technologies weren't really um, yeah. either weren't available at all or weren't at the level where they could be used by most people. And so, um, again, it's, it's always, there, there's almost always things could be worse, but you also think of like, oh, wow, like having, allowing people more social interaction, whether it be hospitals in a smart 
capacity or, you know, not having uh, kids miss a year or two of school in person and that social development that happened and all these kind of things. Like there's just a lot of things that uh, are important for humans to have that social contact. Yeah. Um, I remember one thing very particular and there's very few things I remember in the hospital, but I do remember the moment they're like, okay, Jocelyn, we're going to get you up and walk. And I'm like, I can walk. Um, and so that was that moment. I was like, I can walk. So I, I remember having the walker and they had me like one step at a time with a, a belt trying to walk. And they're like, okay, we're just going to walk around the hall. And I just remember looking in the neuro ICU and I, in that moment, looking in the rooms as I'm walking past all these people were on ventilators they weren't breathing. They had had a stroke. Nobody was up. Everybody was pretty much sedated. And I just felt in that moment, it was so surreal that I was lucky enough to survive and see all these people. And I was like, oh my gosh, what really just happened? And why am I still here? So that was a whole um, coming moment uh, for me, seeing all the people that were next door to me that couldn't walk and talk as I was doing. Um, cause I was like, Oh, why am I up? I just didn't understand why I was in the same space. Sure. But that kind of reeled at home for me, how serious things were, um, in the situation. But yeah, I remember being on the hospital floor and nobody, all you could see like dirt nurses and doctors and techs. Sure. In and yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, a uh, hospital, a hospital floor is not all not generally the the most cheery and, and fun place to be period. Yeah. but i'm sure again during that time with the lack of visitors and, and everything else going on in yeah. life and in the world like that would have been uh pretty pretty crazy pretty so yeah. yeah so what so um what things do you have going on now obviously you know you're doing still some physical therapy stuff and things that sure. way but you got the healthy swap so kind of tell us a little bit about about that and what you've sure. been Doing. Um, so I did end up graduating uh, therapy um, and that was May of this year. And they're like, okay, you, you've improved. We're going to just scoot you on out the door. Um, and so after that happened, I ended up, after graduating from that, I ended up going to um, out of St. Davis therapy. They referred me over to a great place um, called Austin Speech Labs. And for there, they continued my speech, all the things that allowed me to talk to you today very well. Um, I did that and and I just literally graduated as that as well too. Um, and so I ended up doing that and my first big comeback to the world, I call it, um, they were like, hey, Jocelyn, we have a gala, can you give a speech? And that was my first time being around a bunch of people and being able to speak um, and dictate words that I was struggling with. And that ended up being my first round. And then after that, um, I still go back and I volunteer there for stroke patients as well, too, because that's my heart. Sure. Now, um, I've been there. I know what it's like for them. And then in the midst of everything, I finally... Um, got my company, The Healthy Swap, um, off the ground. We had um, a launch in August. Um, 
and we had, um, it's called the Healthy Swap Roundtable. Um, and you guys can catch that on um, either the Chef Jocelyn. Yes, you can you can check it on the Healthy Swap Lifestyle.com. Um, we had four, um, it's called Revealing, Reconnecting, um, and there's another R. But there's a whole series in where I talk about what's happened, how I got here, um, and how I came through, and how the Healthy Swap came to be. So I did a whole series. We launched, and then in that situ in that launch, um, I created a book. Um, it's called the Healthy Swap Project. And so in between, I think this project helped me heal, right? Because this book was written as I'm recovering. It's not something that started prior. Um, but the Healthy Swap Project was a book um, that I wrote. Um, and basically, the Healthy Swap has five tips of um, foundations. And so we our food first always, um, wellness, mindset, exercise, and self-care. And that for me is what got me through, of course, the 100 pounds that we talked about earlier um, in is that those are the four, the five principles that I live by. And one cannot succeed without the other, I think for me. Um, if I didn't have exercise or food, you know, I wouldn't be here just like I need to take the wellness of them both and put them into something. And our mindset had to get right, you know, and self-care. Um, and so the book is available now if you guys want to. Um, it is on the healthyswap.com um, and it's $10 and it's a 20 page book. Um, it's a download. It's nothing I have to mail to you, but it's super easy. You guys can read my whole story in there. And then also it gives you guidelines and tips and tricks and recipes are also here um, to get you started on your own personal journey. And so the, basically everybody's like, Jocelyn, what's the healthy swap? So basically the healthy swap is food, number one, food. And it's just like you swapping out. Um, let's just say, for instance, you wanted to swap out milk. Maybe you want, maybe you need to get away from the dairy because you got some issues going on. It tells you, okay, if you want to swap out your milk, maybe we do it with almond milk, or maybe we find a oat milk that may work for you. Same thing with butter. Maybe we need to lower some calories and take away some fat. So we head on over here to ghee, or that is kind of what the healthy swap was built on. During my time of my weight loss, I had to figure out how to replace my lovely fried chicken <laughs> with something that would be great. Or I needed to find out how to replace um, my lovely chocolate filled Chex Mix with something that would be better. Maybe I decided I wanted to eat it with oatmeal or um, granola, healthy granola. So it just kind of gives you those options or swaps that can help you lead to a more healthier life. I am not guaranteeing um, you're going to lose weight, but the goal for this is to realize you can just live your normal life as you've been living and maybe just swap out sour cream for Greek yogurt. You know, it, it's it's not huge. You know, it doesn't doesn't have to be, and hopefully, in a lot of cases, isn't life changing, um, 
life-changing changes in your life that add up. If you can make small changes over a consistent period of time, they can have outsized results. Absolutely. Um, and I've created, like I said, this is not necessarily about me. Of course, in the beginning to start was about me and I am my own, of course, test dummy. But I want, I'm building, <laughs> right? I want to build a community of, of people that want to start using the swap, you know, or doing some of the small things to get them where they want to get in life. And that's really what it's about is taking small steps so you can get to your bigger goals. You know, however that looks for you. Again, I just want to be clear. It didn't, my journey to the healthy swap didn't start out with exercise. I literally started out with food. <laughs> like that is how I lost the first pound is with changing how I looked at food. Mm -hmm. now, exercise will help you. Of course, I'm not saying that that will help enhance it, but Food can, food is where, like you hear a lot of people say, food is where your abs are made or in the kitchen, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and the same thing with losing weight, it is definitely in the kitchen and exercise is just a, um, exercise. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good bonus. There's a lot of yeah. great benefits to it as well. But yeah. in reality, like again, from a, from a amount of calories you spend during the day, you're yes. working out actually as a very small percentage yeah. of it. Um, yes. and food is definitely has an outsized uh, yeah. impact on all those things for sure. Correct. Yeah. Cool. So that's what I have over. You guys can come on over to the Healthy Swap Lifestyle. We are definitely on Facebook and Instagram and we are building a community. So you yeah. guys can come over, ask questions. We're pretty active. Um, I'm pretty routinely um, on Chef Jocelyn and over there. So, you know, community is where we're trying to build and I want people to know you can definitely do this and you guys don't have to be on the same journey as me or you gaining or losing maybe you just want to change the way you eat and you just want to be in maintenance mode you know it's a, it's a whole lot of journeys that everybody's on and it and it's okay that yeah. you're on your Every, journey. everyone's journey is personal but it's nice to have other people that are sharing your kind of sharing the journey or sharing the the lifestyle, the goals, whatever it may be. Like there's a lot of obviously research around the fact that that's going to help. Uh, if you surround yourself with pe like-minded people, that that will help you uh, achieve your goals faster. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, no, I mean, your story is super inspirational. Um, having gone through that and, and obviously uh, as someone who does, you know, again, that's, it's not where I make a living, but I am very passionate about health and fitness and, all those kind of things as well too. So it's awesome to see you putting a lot of good information and vibes and all that kind of stuff out into the world to help uh, people achieve their goals. Yeah, it's definitely, I do want to say I did have to make a huge switch and I don't know if I brought this up, but part of, or part of the recovery was training for a powerlifting competition. Okay. And I did that in July, my first one. Um, and that was something I never thought I would ever do. Um, I ended up winning my first powerlifting competition in my weight and in my age, I'm a master's, but that has become also my exercise passion. Now, sure. It's giving you a goal when you're going out to exercise of like, here's what, here's why, like, yep. instead of it's just being, oh, I should, I know I should exercise, but I'm exercising with an objective in mind. Oh yeah. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's super helpful. We'll definitely uh, check 
check you check her out uh like i said chef jocelyn for her or the healthy lifestyle swap on on instagram and uh she can be found on like i say facebook and her website and stuff too and i really appreciate it taking the time to to come on the podcast and chat today thank you i appreciate it